Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. The coronavirus has left millions of people feeling scared, anxious, and isolated. How do we create a sense of calm and connection during these difficult times? Join me for my interview with quantum physicist Amit Goswami from his home in India as we discuss ways to cultivate calm, happiness, and a sense of well being. How do we utilize this time while we are in quarantine? How do we reduce fear and increase a sense of peace? How can we create a positive experience for ourselves amidst the chaos in this world? These questions and many more are answered on this episode of The Spark. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So happy to have you on the show today. Glad to be here too, Stephanie. Thank you. So we're going to pick up a conversation that unfortunately we lost last time we were together. We did talk about so many wonderful things and some very important things to what's going on in our world today. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit because I think it's so important. People have been asked to be more in self-quarantine, as they say, and that basically means be with yourself or with family members. Now, people who have family members and everybody is quarantined and basically they take all the precaution if somebody has to go out or somebody from outside has to come, then they're safe. But of course, there still is a problem of mental health. What to do with confinement being actually people who are lonely, who are alone, who really have a problem to face. And of course, the obvious remedy today is social media, uh, cell phone, keeping contact. But uh, remember, those things can certainly kill some of your time, but it will not give you anything like meaning. And sometimes in these lonely moments, you have to really look at yourself. Why do you feel so panicky? Why do you feel so lonely? And this is where you have to come to the conclusion that the current do-do-do lifestyle has given us a way that we live that does not give us any scope of knowing who we are. Basically, what we have become because of this lifestyle is not something that we like. We don't like ourselves, let alone love ourselves. And therefore, when we are alone and we don't have any out, namely your friends are also in confinement and they are dealing with this too, and maybe social media conversation with them will not be so meaningful because all we'll be talking about are the same things, inverse boring. And then you're by yourself and loneliness returns. So you should get a message from this. Quantum activism is the way we can use quantum warfare. And this gives us some very good new information that you probably don't have. One of the information is that the world is made of possibilities. 
and consciousness chooses the actuality that we experience out of these possibilities. Yes, we have, in a certain sense, we have the choice of what we experience. And we should take advantage of it. Changes are very possible. We can change the way we look at ourselves. In other words, if you don't like yourself, if you don't love yourself, this is the time to look at the situation again and learn to love yourself. Why not? You are your best friend, certainly, right? Can you deny that? Find meaning in that and then go for it. If you want to read one of my books, um, it will tell you that consciousness is the ground of being. This is the message of quantum physics. And that message says that we have the choice. We have the choice to be positive. We have the choice to change ourselves, the choice to learn to love ourselves. We have the choice of not to be lonely, not to waste our life in trivia. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that a crisis is both danger and opportunity. And the quantum aficionado chooses the opportunity to do whatever they can to make things better. I hope you will too. Well, and that's, that's the truth, that we are all so distracted by the external in our lives. And for so long, that's just been with our media, with all the social media going on. We can distract ourselves from really feeling who we are inside. We never really have to go in there. We never really have to deal with that. And so what I'm hearing you saying is this actually is that opportunity because if we choose, yes, we could distract ourselves all day with social media. And if we choose instead to spend some time going within, while we can't control our outer circumstances, we can start getting in touch with our inner selves. And so we become the masters more of our inner experience. We get to know ourselves in a deeper way. You're right. Actually, this is the basic lesson. We have forgotten how to be, how to relax. How to relax within ourselves. There's a very wonderful spiritual treatise that I like, which is called the Bhagavad Gita. And in this, one of the things that it says that makes a person happy, or we even call such a person enlightened, one who is situated within oneself. This being situated in oneself can begin with a very simple practice, which is so easy to do. I call it just sitting. This is a Japanese tradition. They call it Sikhanta. It just means just sitting. Just sitting and try not to fidget as much as possible. That's the only recipe. You don't have to say that you are meditating. You don't have to watch your thoughts. You don't have to focus. When you do those things, that's a more advanced form of meditation. But basic meditation is just sitting. Learn to just sit. Nothing, no agenda. Just sit. The promise to yourself is that for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I will not leave this chair. And I try not to fidget as much as possible. That's a very simple promise to keep to yourself, right? Do this for one day, two days, three days. Third day on, it will be more fun. It will not be at all like it's a chore. And then when you are ready for doing advanced 
practices like meditation, you can do it. One way is focusing, and the other is called mindfulness. We watch the thoughts that occur in our mind sky when we just sit. Watch the thoughts, and that gives us an idea of what kind of thoughts we revolve around, what are we attached to. So this, what are we attached to, is what somehow is producing our suffering in one way or another. And you'll find that when you look into the suffering, you'll find that it is the meaninglessness of your life. After all, you engage all day in social media, whenever you have a spare time outside of your job, what do you really talk about? All things that other people are doing, opinions that other people give and you read. And you pursue those things and you think, oh, I'm having a good time. But are you really? Your mind was made for processing your meanings. This is the question we ask when we are children, much more than when we are an adult today. The question is, what is the meaning of my life? Remember that question? When you were in school, that was a question that occupied you a lot. You used to go to your teacher and what is the meaning of all this? See, mind is about this. Another question that you also probably remember is asking the purpose. Even when you are very young, you would ask your parents, what is the purpose? What am I doing here? And this kind of question later on we forget because we become preoccupied to do life with jobs and then all this social media keeps us busy. But that's the wrong tack. We still have to live with ourselves anytime we are not keeping ourselves busy. And in those moments, what is your predominant feeling? If you are particularly, if you are not surrounded by family, it's loneliness, right? Many people come to me and complain about loneliness. So in this time, so you cannot go out and if you engage with social media, that too is meaningless because there is only one subject people would want to talk about, what they're anxious about. And this is the stupid virus. Talking about it does not help. Does not help in any way. So much better is to practice just sitting and then practice focusing, practice some mindfulness, find out what you are about, what your anxieties are about, and then talk about it, think about it, learn about it, and see what you can change. It is not difficult. Quantum physics also is giving us a very good recipe. It's called do be, do be, do lifestyle. Creativity. Talk about what is do be, do be, do lifestyle. Well, this is the lifestyle that creative people use. You see, we, we have a problem. Let's say you are taking the problem of loneliness seriously. You want to change. You are tired of the person who lives a life of information processing. Information is what you read. Commentary. Today, you cannot get unfiltered news. It always comes with commentary. You have gotten so used to it. You have to find your own meaning out of whatever real news that you can filter out from all these commentaries, okay? So you have to learn how to find meaning, right? How to understand the situation and find meaning. These things are very real. And the way to do it is creativity. This is something that scientists really are, should be very proud of discovering. In the last 100 years, scientists 
researchers of creativity has really figured out how creativity works. And the process is do, be, do, be, do. What does that mean? Do is focus attention to the problem and imagine possible solutions. Like right now, we have a problem of loneliness arising from this coronavirus. Of course, one solution is people solve the coronavirus problem, but that's not in my power. That depends on so many factors. So that doesn't count. That's something I would accept gracefully, but it's not anything I can do much. So what can I do with my problem? So I think possible solutions. One solution I just suggested, meditation, creativity. You may think of other solutions. Okay, think of all these solutions. This is called do. Imagine various solutions. Now quantum physics says everything becomes possibility. Our experiences are out of possibilities. But when we are not experienced, what happens to those things that we think? We go back to possibility again. So many, many possibilities will come about in the unconscious. You are not conscious of it. But guess what? Your higher consciousness, which you are not conscious of, is looking because your intention is to find a healing for your loneliness. So that consciousness gets your message, gets your intention, hears you, and start looking at the possibilities that you have created with your doing. And if any of these possibilities are appropriate, solution of your problem, you will get what in quantum physics we say, quantum leap. So doing is the first phase, being is the phase in which unconscious is processing, and this has to go on in tandem, repeated many times, that's the do, be, do, be, do. We do it until the solution is one of the possibilities arising in our unconscious. And then consciousness chooses that, it becomes actualized, and there it is, it comes as an insight, as a surprise, suddenly, quantum leap. When an electron takes a jump from one orbit to another in an atom, it does not go through the definite space. So creative thought does not go through algorithms. It's not a rational algorithmic thought. It's a thought which is non-rational, but can later be analyzed and give rise to rational results. This is the beauty of it. These thoughts can come only using the creative process. And this is the kind of thought you need for solving a problem like loneliness. Try it, it will be fun and it will keep you busy and it will be exciting. I think the really fun part about it too, or the interesting part, is that there really does have to be this doobie doobie do. And it's not just the thinking about it and that active part, the do part of it, but that we have to be silent. It's like we're allowing it to germinate. We're allowing it to take root and then something to grow. And we can't hear that with our internal ears if we're busy, busy, busy thinking. So when we, <laughs> you know, so when we take the time to quit doing things to distract ourselves, and as you were suggesting, just to sit, just to be, then out of that process, amazing things arise. And that's been my experience in my own life. Yes, just being and just relaxing is important because otherwise the focus goes away. 
this holding a passive attention, even while we are relaxing, is the part of lifestyle that you have to get used to. And this is where meditation really helps. Meditation really helps because meditation will show you where your anxieties are. And when anxieties are there, then of course you cannot attend to a problem. So the first thing you do is take away the anxieties. This is why this coronavirus really produces a double challenge. The initial challenge is just to resolve the anxieties. And that again, uh, meditation can help you. If you do just sitting, then just sitting is an excellent cure for anxieties as well. Another way to not to be anxious is pay attention to your feelings. Anxieties are movement, undesired movements of mostly vital energy. And so if you give attention to the feelings in your body especially, then you will notice that these anxieties can abate. Well, and you know, I've used that, I've utilized that, Amit, so many times in my private practice with clients. We call it a, a body meditation or a body mindfulness. So when you're aware of a negative emotion, notice where it's at energetically in your body. You can have this beautiful presence around this where you just notice where the energy is and you're not saying, oh, it's got to change, something has to be different here. You just notice where it shows up. And it's amazing as we bring attention to that and just breathe into that place, it starts to dissipate and move. And all of a sudden we've created room around whatever that emotion was. And it doesn't seem so burdensome. You will discover very quickly that the anxiety is coming from a kind of suppressed fear, some of it. You have picked up a genuine fear because one of the things that this 24-7 media that you have created is a monster and these cell phones are constantly feeding you although you are not allowed outside home but all this media comes to you on your cell phone. Because you are anxious, you are checking them and the more you check them, the more anxious you become. But really, what is this fear about? Is your security affected? Yes, it is, but in a very indirect way because you already have quarantined yourself. If you are serious about quarantining, then you are not serious about the fear. The fear that you are picking up is a mixture of various other things. In other words, you are paying too much attention to the virus and its propaganda and by that, I don't mean wrong propaganda. The newspapers are representing the truth. It's not like belittling it like our president did. It's not like that. The danger is there, but the point is that your thinking about it and talking about it is not helping anything. And your security is not affected because you are at home after all. You are doing the best you can to avoid the virus and there is no way if you stay at home and take the usual precautions that everybody is emphasizing you already know like with any outside contact including whatever deliveries and all this you always are careful to wash your hands before you use any of it properly for the seconds and so forth so with these precautions there is really no reason for you to be fearful, okay? Accept that completely, 
And then realize that the rest of it you are creating by reading, engaging with this 24-7 news cycle. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know, that's an important point too, as, as we learn to do this mindfulness practice and just sitting and observing thoughts, feelings, body sensations. One of the really positive results from that is that we are our thoughts and we can stop defining ourselves by our thoughts. Our thoughts are not us. We can observe them as clouds in the sky of our mind and not become attached to them. And knowing that some of this is coming from that primitive brain that's always scanning the environment for a threat anyway. So our fight, flight, or freeze response, when we can't predict what's going to happen, that can kick in anyway. And so there's really this wonderful piece that can come from just observing that without being attached to it. As we begin that practice, and we're more in the practice of just observing, sitting still, as you said, for 10 or 15 minutes, we don't have to be the monk in an ashram somewhere. This is not about going into a three-day silent retreat. It's resourcing yourself by 10 or 15 minutes of this inner observation. Um, it, what I'm hearing, too, is that's how we befriend the inner parts of ourselves. And it doesn't matter what shows up that day. And the mechanism that we feel calm is so simple. The quantum message is extremely simple to understand. The message is simple. When we have a, an expanded consciousness, we feel relaxed, we feel peaceful. So it's a question of why does fear makes us anxious, makes us unhappy? Because the consciousness literally, our consciousness literally contracts. It contracts. It cannot expand to engage, for example, with another person. It becomes very exclusive. It's very centered on me. And that me-centeredness itself becomes a destroyer of the very me that wants peace and happiness. So the answer is that try to live in an expanded consciousness as much as possible. And this is what prevents loneliness. Loneliness is felt as cravings company or craving love sometimes because we know that love gets rid of this loneliness why because with a person that i love i can include him or her and in that inclusion my consciousness expands expanding consciousness is not hard you have the resources already look around you there are beautiful things there in fact if you have to use your computer or cell phone, use it for listening to good music. That will help you expand your consciousness. Anything that expands your consciousness and relaxing is the best. Do not engage with fearful things. Do not engage with things that you know makes you anxious. Why should you need to know everything that is going on outside? is isn't just a consultation with the news for about five minutes every five, six hours enough? Is it necessary to read all this comment? No, we don't have to deal with that. That is a very different thing. So all this stuff that you do, much of the attention that you pay on the news media really is totally uncalled for. Realize that 
quit that and be situated in yourself to some extent. Listen to and engage in mind-expanding, consciousness-expanding activities, and you'll find sooner than you know it, you are a relaxed, happy person. In addition, you have learned to be with yourself. Well, and isn't it a, a principle in quantum physics that what you focus on expands? So as we focus on something, we're going to get more of it. So if what we're focusing on is the feeling of fear through all of this news media, we're going to feel more fear. It's going to expand within us. So it's okay to notice, like you said, what's going on. What's so beautiful is we have the power to direct our attention or our focus. So as you said, this isn't difficult. It can be very simple. This is really the only free will that we have. Quantum physics is also telling us that what we think is free will is really a trivial free will to choose among flavors of ice cream or choose how many times I'm going to consult my cell phone for news. Those are the choice we have. But I always have one very free choice, which is to say no to all those things that I'm conditioned with. Saying no to conditioning is the opening to a real creative choice. So if you want to change, if you want to like yourself, if you want to get rid of this feeling of loneliness, if you want a permanent inclusive expanded consciousness or more lasting anyway, because after all, listening to good music only produces an expanded consciousness you're listening. As soon as the music stops, you'll get back to your thoughts of anxiety and your contraction. But make creative engagement with yourself, a changing yourself, a transformational journey as your lifestyle, well-being, that choice as a lifestyle, then things become completely different then this expanded consciousness becomes part of that lifestyle. Don't you wonder? This is so important because this is the basis of good mental health. Good mental health means nothing but the more episodes of expanded consciousness than contracted consciousness during a day. That's the person of good well-being, what Maslow called a person of positive mental health. Normally, people have five times more negativity during a given day than positivity because our brain is already full of negativity, negative emotion or brain circuit, me-centeredness, this information addiction, any addiction, they're all negativity, contractors of consciousness. When we learn to expand, this is the best gift that we can give to us, the gift of this calamity. Crisis can give us gift. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. 
This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks healthy donors to schedule an appointment to give during this coronavirus outbreak. Patients are counting on life-saving transfusions. Visit redcrossblood.org. I want to also talk about your new book that is out, which is Quantum Spirituality. One of the things that we had spoken about before that I just love is that you shared some of your own personal journey into spirituality in that book. And I wonder if you'd be willing to share part of your spiritual evolution into quantum spirituality with us now. Absolutely, because, you know, this is very important. If anyone wants to teach quantum to another, the teaching kind of becomes meaningless because it's very subtle. All these things that we have talked about already is a little bit subtle, but that's a quite an elementary level. I mean, many people do. They're a little bit creative. Everybody has some creative occupation today. Many people do. And, and surely you practice this, although you are not very much aware of it. But doobie-doobie-doo is not that unusual a practice. But transformation is something that is uh, a bit unusual. To get the focus of the creativity to be yourself, to change you, is a bigger challenge, much bigger challenge than producing a new song, a new lyric, or a new novel. They're pale compared to producing a new you that is capable of loving, capable of being fair, capable of looking at beauty without discrimination. These things are worthwhile doing it, but the reason people don't do it is that they're really not so easy. And spiritual traditions have been trying to teach us for ages they become doubly hard because spiritual traditions, unfortunately, teach a world-negating way of doing it. Their teaching is to ultimately teach self-realization, and that means that you get to know who you really are, which is a reflection of oneness, which we call God sometimes. So knowing God is the objective of traditional spirituality. But actually, that knowing God, because it means you give up yourself, because yourself, your ego, is a barrier ultimately to knowing God. Knowing God is being with God. You cannot be with God and be with your ego in the traditional way. So my question was that can I be with God, which would be very desirable because God is also source of our creativity. All these changes of ourselves, our outer changes that we want to make in the world, all comes from that oneness, God. But I don't want to lose myself either because there is a fallacy in the traditional enlightenment. You know, if you are with God, you are not there, so you cannot enjoy it. Who is there to enjoy it? You have given up your enjoying self. So being a scientist, I wanted to have my cake and also eat it. I wanted God to win my life, but I didn't want to give up myself to enjoy the company of God. 
And that led me to learning about creativity, which actually turns out to be where you can be with God and also text God's message and create something new. So this is called flow, and my goal was to discover flow for myself. But flow is not something that you can really, really, really understand unless you experience it. The good news is that many people have experienced it. This is why we like sports. In sports, we can occasionally enjoy that flow, that unmixed sign of alternative inspiration and perspiration. We are working, but there will be inspired moments during the work. In sports, that happens. We get inspired sometimes, and we cannot do any wrong. We can just do the, just the right dribbling if I'm playing soccer, or I know how to hit the ball when I'm playing baseball. It's an amazing experience. How does a basketball player standing 30 feet away from the basket knows exactly the angle that he has to throw in order that the ball to fall through? Seems impossible. And yet we see those players, great players, they do it day in and day out. What is the record? I was reading this uh, the other day, uh, 15 or something. Three-pointers, it's unheard of that people are doing that. How do they do that? Because they have this flow. So this flow is a state in which God plays with you. Inspiration comes from oneness, and you perspire and put it into action. Everything is effortless. That's why experience of flow. So this is how I wanted to live my life. And how does one go about it? And of course, one does not go about it initially knowing all this. This all comes retroactively, retrospectively, only when I already had achieved a, quite a bit of understanding and achieved a certain amount of this way of flow, way of living. Because when so, you started out through your education, you were very cerebral. It was an intellectual experience of the world, right? That was my problem. But then I got married to this wonderful American woman, and she asked me a very simple question. Whenever I used to say things like, I love you, she would say, is it coming from your head or is it coming from your heart? Now I would say, what is heart? There's no such thing. Of course it's coming from my head. And she would say, "Mm -mm. it must come from your heart. And then gradually I became kind of curious. Is there such a thing as heart? Can one feel something in the heart when one says things like, I love you? I was so cerebral. And then gradually, because of lots of events of synchronicity, people came into my life that taught me about this vital energies, energies that give us the feeling, wonderful feelings. And I learned their eyes from simple things like rubbing your thumbs together just like this. And if you, if you do this, you'll feel tingles. I learned that those tingles are vital energies and we feel tingles. That means I am feeling vital energies and those energies come to us in what people have discovered called chakras. Along our spine, there are seven points where we feel these energies and these feelings and heart is one of the seven points the major one, one of the major ones. So I became very curious how to experience the heart, but it was very difficult. 
when I got attention and learned all the chakras, I found that my energies are most easily expressive in the navel chakra. In other words, growing up as a man, we are very much into ourselves because we learn to act in the world and therefore we suppress emotions basically, including the heart. And only place where we are somewhat aware in the body is our navel because that connected, that is connected with the self of the body because it is the, the organs there are taking care of our security, metabolism, right? And so I became very, very uh, centered on me. And intellectualism, of course, goes along with that. This is who I was. And then the challenge was, okay, how can I become like women who are the complementary features in our species who have a strong heart, but not much navel. And that's the story of, sad story of women's life, the way men and women have been discriminated in their growing up. Little girls are taught all the time to take care of their little boys, little brothers and even father, but never of themselves very much. And of course, when they become teenagers, they do pay some attention to themselves, but again, mostly for impressive boys, not for themselves. So uh, that habit denies them of the self-assurance that comes with the navel. So my first challenge was, how do I live in a complimentary way? Okay, my wife has a strong heart, I respect that, and I have a strong navel, I help my wife build that as my wife was helping me to build the heart. So this complementary living with my wife, which we gradually did develop, was the first step I took. And the next step then was to integrate these two, and that integration comes with integration of other dichotomies that create conflicts between us. So it is these dichotomies, when we are dealing with them and solving them, that's what quantum spirituality is about. It's called the following, exploring the archetype of wholeness. What's the difference between wholeness and oneness? Oneness focuses only on the oneness. Wholeness focuses on manifest world, which has many dichotomies, and to integrate those dichotomies. So whereas wholeness keeps us focused on making manifest life as a whole, no separateness between do and be, between God and me, but the oneness spirituality only focuses on God and not on me, and this is why it becomes lopsided, whereas this one is much more balanced, and this was the discovery that eventually led to the idea of discovery of the spirituality of holiness. That's what quantum spirituality is about. Have I gone that far? No, I haven't integrated my life totally into holiness, but I have integrated enough to open my heart. And this is a very good way of living because when the heart is open, your consciousness is expanded, it seldom closes. And that has genuine advantage in a situation like this. Do 
I consult the cell phone every once in a while? Yeah, I do more than I normally do. Normally, I have some specific times and I never look at the cell phone except for those times. But now I'm in India and, you know, the morning time is not very useful. But in the evening time, my evening time, when it is morning in America, I do check cell phone and get all the news, what is going on. And that part does produce a bit of anxiety and I have to deal with that, of course. But except for that, the world is wonderful because you have love in your heart. And when you have love in your heart and the heart is open, then the heart is open also to yourself. You don't never feel lonely. That loneliness completely goes away from life. And this is such a such a wonderful place to be in a situation like this especially. So it's God no longer is separate from us. It's like instead of God's in a remote place in heaven, if God's within us, then heaven really is within us. It's that kingdom within concept that we've heard about so much. It's that merging, like you're saying, of wholeness where we're in the world and the world can be. We can experience heaven on earth. Yeah, because when I'm living in an expanded state of consciousness all the time, then we are experiencing, because that expanded consciousness, that inclusive consciousness, which is happening because occasionally I'm inviting the oneness to come and inspire. In other words, this whole way of living could not possibly happen unless there is some underlying flow that is going on. In other words, occasional inspiration that is expanding the consciousness and the effect of it lingers on. And therefore, my overall experience is one of expansion. But of course, the expansion keeps on happening because oneness keeps on visiting me. God is a very welcome guest all the time. The door never closes for God to enter. And that's the trend. And how do you do that? You keep away from those negativity. You keep away from those negativity. Yes, the danger is there. The negativity is very easy to pick up. But who needs it? Isn't it much better to be happy, be inspired, and be in flow? So this is what we are inviting everyone, the listener, as well as reader of my book, Quantum Spirituality. Thank you, Amit. The beautiful thing there is that as we continue to focus on bringing this expansive level inside of us and focusing on love, that we experience this sense of connectedness so we don't feel alone. And what it starts to do, as you know, is it starts to change these habitual neuropathways in our brain that are just connecting us to this negativity bias that we have in the brain. Yes. And so we can carve these new neural pathways every time we bring our attention within and feeling that love and feeling that connectedness and that expansiveness. Yes. Another dichotomy that is what I was mentioning in this, and this, of course, was part of my spiritual path as well, but especially useful to look at the message that is happening right now. What is happening is that we live outside our home a lot, but that also forces us to live outside of ourselves. The moment we engage in information processing, we basically are living outside of ourselves. We have become a machine. 
because information processing does not engage our mind, and that's how we become conscious, engage the mind with meaningfulness. Mind job is to process meaning, not information, not other people's meaning, but meaning for me, which I don't. I just process information and gossip about it with friends. Information just give me talking point for interacting in social media. That's what information is for. That's what people do. It's also called trivia pursuit for that reason, because it's about trivia, about who is doing what, but it's always about other people. And some people get more attention and we talk about them and that's what they want, but it's never about me, real me, which lives inside of me. So this calamity is also forcing some of us to be inside and that's why we get scared because we don't like what we see inside. And that's the loneliness. We miss being whole. We miss being distracted. We miss engaging in trivia. But really, this is also an opportunity, as I said. Make it an opportunity not only look at expansion of consciousness and happiness and yourself, but also just simply that, okay, the inner has to be integrated with the outer. Why am I created this dichotomy? Because it's the inner thinking, inner results, inner intentions that really govern how I do outside, how successful I become. For example, my power to manifest things for myself entirely depends on my internal state of intention. Quantum physics is making it very clear. It is intention that determines who we are, what we are, how we live, all that. And that is an inside thing. It's not coming from outside. However much others tell us to do what, we don't do them because we don't like to be told. I mean, this is a fundamental thing about being American, not American, just being human. No human likes to be told what to do. So, you know, we are tired of being told what to do as children. And when we become adult, the first thing we want to do is don't go to hear what others are telling me. It has to be my choice in some ways. And if those intentions are in tune, in synchrony with the intention of the purposive movement of consciousness, then I really get to manifest what I intend. So the job is twofold. Learn to intend learn what is the movement of consciousness, where it is going, and where it is going is not difficult to decipher. In movement, evolutionary movement is the giveaway of what consciousness intends, but you have to look in the long-term evolution. Long-term evolution has given us civilization. Short-term, you look at the outside today, you find only chaos. So short-term looking does not help to figure out what movement of consciousness is because this is a period, this is a crisis period. This movement consciousness goes through, why? Because it wants a major change, a worldview change. This is why crisis is. So understanding this, we have a role to play because the next worldview will be more people-centered. Right now, the worldview is very elitist. That's where all the money is, that's where all the power is, that's where all the messages, 
This is the people who give us meanings and do slave history, unfortunately fall prey to that. They're predators. They're, they're predators of our inner consciousness. They're predators of our time. They're really keeping us away from our real objectives of life, purpose of life, meaning of life. Why do you succumb to elitism, elitist propaganda? Why? Why indeed? We are doing things that we don't want to do. Other people are telling us what to do indirectly and we don't realize that that's ultimately what we are doing, what other people are telling us to do. And it's not keeping away from the virus. That's okay. That's necessary for my own health. Realize that. But it is about other things, the way of life that we have chosen, this information processing. Somebody is making money when we process information. They are becoming millionaire, billionaires many times over. But not me. I am only distracted from my happiness, meaning processing, purpose of life. Paying attention to the inside will restore all these things from me. Also will integrate the inner and outer differentiation that I've created. The outer is way lopsided in my lifestyle. It will be more balanced. And most importantly, I will become aware of what I really want, what I really intend. What is the purpose? What is the meaning of my life? And that's when we like to love myself. That's when we get to like myself again. Okay, I am worthwhile. I am worth it. And I am worth it, and therefore now I can give my worthiness to another. I can include, I can expand my consciousness. This is how the whole process worked for me, really. I had to rediscover my own strength before I could really lend my strength to another person, live with my wife in a complimentary way. And then both of us could integrate the other self that was weak. And we both were in the process. And that's the point of power, that we can be in the present moment and we can start choosing to do this journey within so that we balance this outer and inner focus. And from that place, we can bring this amazing sense of love that we start cultivating within ourselves to the community around us. Yes. And this is the hope and the change that we want to see in the world. We can actually create a better world through our own thoughts and feelings. Because, yes, so again, there's the power. And we're going to need to be wrapping up now. So I want to make sure that, would you share the website, your website, and then where people can get Quantum Spirituality and your other books? My All my books and Quantum Spirituality, you can get from Amazon.com, of course. And also all the New Age bookstores, they usually keep a whole bunch of my books. So they're important books and they should have no difficulty in finding them. But if you, by any chance, have difficulties anyway, look at my website. It has all the details. AmitGoswami.org, A-M-I-T-G-O-S-W-A-M-I. You can even order a book from my website and we will send it to you. We have a mechanism of paying by credit card in the website. So all this is available. Again, the website is amitgoswami.org. Amit Goswami, 
quantumspirituality.org. The book's name is Quantum Spirituality. Namaste. Yes, we are in difficult times, and we also have the ability to choose each day where we are going to direct our attention during these times. We can choose to focus on the nonstop stream of news and fear-mongering, or we can choose to use this time as an opportunity to go within and cultivate a true relationship with ourselves, one where a sense of calm, peace, connection, and love can arise. And as Amit said, when we just begin by sitting still for 10 minutes, we can begin to cultivate this place within us. He talked about how 10 or 15 minutes of doing a mindfulness practice where you just start going within after you do that 10 minutes and just learn how to sit still. He said, even if you're fidgeting around, that's fine. You begin this practice just by sitting, not doing anything. This is the practice of being for 10 minutes. And from there, you can increase that practice to mindfulness or meditation where you just work up to 15 minutes of noticing your inner experience. You know, we can't control what's going on outside of us, but we can begin to strengthen our inner environment by allowing ourselves to tune out all of the noise of the outer world and just focus on our inner experience, what's going on inside. And as far as listening to the news and focusing on all the negativity that's going on in the world, I'm not advocating at all for any of us to put our heads in the sand and be ostriches. What I'm talking about is choosing, if you think of yourself as a computer, what do I want to download today into my computer? I don't wanna focus on everything negative. I don't wanna download a program that is based on fear or that is based on anxiety. Instead, what I wanna download into my computer, which is also my subconscious mind, my heart and soul, I wanna be sure that I am focusing on things that are bringing me a sense of well being, things that are making me feel more connected. And one of the things that I've talked to my clients about in the last couple of weeks that this has been going on is something called the three C's. And if we started every day out with this and just focused on what we can do within the next 24 hours, then we are going to change our experience. So the first C being, how can I take care of myself today? And the second C being, how can I connect? And the third C being, how can I be creative today? Or what can I create today? And when we really allow ourselves to answer those questions and then follow up on them, then we feel like we have more of a sense of control and we really are resourcing ourselves. Because the reality is if we get ourselves too far out and worry about, oh my God, how am I gonna handle the next month or the next two months? We really put ourselves in a state of helplessness we raise our anxiety, and that is all out of our control. So we have to reel ourselves back in. And when we bring ourselves into the present moment, we really can cultivate this sense of well-being and calm. So even putting the hand on your chest and taking a deep breath. I've had people set alarms where they're doing that five or six times a day, just at random times during the day, 
to bring yourself into this moment. The point of power is in the present moment. That's how we're able to resource us. So Amit really has taught us in this episode about how we can nurture a relationship with ourselves, love ourselves more deeply. And then what that helps us to do is be more in relationship with others. Again, as we go inside and do that inner work, utilize this time in a positive way, then we're able to emerge and interact in the world from a place where we've got resourcefulness, resilience, compassion. And I think this really is an opportunity for us to raise our consciousness, raise our sense of connection, and see ourselves all as inhabitants of one hometown, the world. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.